0: This week's episode is part two of our inaugural Cook's Corner. Now, we're going to go into following up with the cook itself as to what he did at his contest. And if there's any other cooks out there that want to be a part of this and come on this podcast, folks, get a hold of me at ButcherBBQ, that's ButcherBBQ at gmail.com. We can work out the details and I'd love to sit and chat with you. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The butcher-turned-pit master, your host, David Boska. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. I guess you could call it a Butcher Barbecue Podcast. This is our Cook's Corner, Episode 1, Part 2. Let me catch everybody up real quick on what this is. The last episode we published, a gentleman by the name of Mark Bauer had contacted me and said, I love your podcast you did with a cook that was doing a first-time cook right beside you. So I says, well, let's just start a whole new style of podcast and call it Cook's Corner. We went over his backyard cooking Um, stuff he uses or did for a contest, now he had a contest. We're going back after his first backyard contest of the year, and we're going to discuss everything to do with that. Mark, say hello.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello from Pompano Beach, Florida.
0: (laughs) So you haven't moved since the last time we talked.
1: No, it's we're still in Florida and looking at the weather up north, I don't plan on moving.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm in Oklahoma and it was twenty-four here this morning, which is probably about right for winter time, and it's now sixty degrees. Mm-hmm.
1: So Yeah, that's good. You can't complain about
0: that. No, it's very pretty outside. All right. Well, let's just jump right in with both feet. Like I said, last time we talked about prepping for a contest, the purchasing, what you're purchasing, everything like that. Okay, you've got your truck all packed up, you've headed to a contest, you've had your contest. Is there anything about the preparation of the meat that you'd like to talk about?
1: Yeah, I just got back from a contest I did in Leesburg. And I tried some new things and some worked out pretty well. And one was a disaster, but, and as far as prepping meat, when I did my chicken, I was so worried about getting all my chicken in a box that I think I made my thighs too thin. So I need to, instead of making them 0.20 pounds, maybe next time make them 0.25 pounds and make them a little thicker so they look better in the box. But that's just the technicality I can do. With my chicken, uh, and this is something I'm a couple of the pros have done. Me, I'm just an up-and-comer. I'm an up-and-comer, and you're imparting wisdom on an up-and-comer like me and everybody else out there listening. And to me, that's what makes these shows, this series, great. Um, but in chicken, what I tried to do, if we could jump into that, is I wanted to put eight thighs in the box and eight or ten wings in the box. And to make all that fit, I made my thighs almost the size of a wing. So I think that maybe looked off a little bit. The chicken wings on my 22-inch Weber and my chicken thighs in the I have a little pellet grill I brought. So I made them like that. And they turned out pretty good. I got the highest score ever in chicken, so it must have done something right. And can you see the pictures in front of you, David, in my turn-in box? I did have them. I looked at them.
0: I shut my computer down, and I turned on another one for this, and I will tell you, the box looked really uniform. It looked like it was placed in there very nicely. The color of your chicken was really good. When I first look at it, first thing I say to myself is, do I want to take a bite of that? Yes. That looked really nice. No doubt about it. And to explain one more time to everyone, you are cooking in an FBA contest. They do not allow garnishment, and it's meat only.
1: Right. Eight pieces of meat minimum. So that can sometimes be a challenge. You get eight pieces of meat, and we have the awesome rule of no garnishment. So I guess the negative of no garnishment is if if you have some drippings that go to the bottom, a lot of times your garnish can hide that, but... Here you just need a full box of heat to hide any drippings that may tend to pool in the bottom of your box. Well, let me ask
0: you this. You said minimum eight pieces. How many judges are actually in the judging area for each uh, category? How many eat your food? Six. Six. six.
1: Well six, they still want you to turn in eight.
0: That's right. But if I'm not mistaken, six chicken thighs, and six wings equal 12. You do not need eight and eight as long as there's eight pieces in the box. So you could get a larger thigh, which would in turn keep moist and heated longer. So you then could get what you're looking for on a regular turn-in. When you said you trimmed them down way far, you could get Mm -hmm. the six plumper juicier chicken thighs and then add six of your rings
1: well eight right yep.
0: yeah, yeah yeah well so but you see what i'm well, saying
1: yeah i still yeah but i think if you're turning in technically two different kinds of meat you have to have eight of a minimum of each in the box if i recall right like in briskets if you turn in eight slices and eight burnt ends you got to have eight of each correct i'm
0: going to be honest with you i am not 100 familiar with fba rules okay Mm -hmm. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm trying to think of who I can text real quick. Let's get an exact answer. All right, everybody. I made the suggestion of six and six versus eight and eight so he can get a larger piece of meat. I will be honest. I do not know the specific rules for FBA. So I stopped. I texted a friend of mine that does quite a few of them and I am correct in saying that he did say that suggested is eight and eight, but the six and six still will pass the rules. So what do you think of that, Mark?
1: I would probably still play it safe and go eight and eight. I don't want one judge, maybe not knowing the rules and score me down because he didn't try both types of meat that I put in the box. Well, do so you I would not probably think error that, on the side.
0: I, I, I'm just going to play devil's advocate on that statement. Do mm-hmm. you not think with six and six, since only six judges are there that he would still pick up one of each. There's only six people at that table. Oh, you
1: see what I'm saying? Correct. I'm seeing what you're saying. So yeah. that
0: would allow you larger, thicker juicier thighs
1: Mm-hmm. does that and make yeah, sense i'm still meet i still meet the eight piece total minimum
0: yeah okay yeah real I quick see what you're saying i texted and i'm not going to mention a name a gentleman from florida that has won the team of the year down there multiple 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 times and he agrees yes that will work six and six is greater than the number of eight required. So what I'm saying will work.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's amazing revelation, really. And each judge will still get one piece because there's only six judges at a table, even though they make you turn in eight pieces. That's right.
0: That's the same way that Jack is. The Jack requires you to do seven pieces for old number seven, Jack, but mm-hmm. there's still only six people at the
1: table. Interesting, yeah, and... I think FBA, isn't it Kansas city? They drop one of the low scores, right? They drop the lowest score. That is correct. They do drop the lowest score. They do not do that in FBA. So, okay. Well,
0: I feel like we've, we've jumped a huge one there. So if you're going to cook, Mm -hmm. say 12, 14 pieces of thighs, you don't need to have eight. You only got to put your six best in there and six of your best wings. If wings is what you're wanting to go.
1: Yeah, that combination did well for me the one time I did it, so I, I'm i going to repeat it again, and if I could get bigger thighs in, that probably helped me. Yeah. I, I took seventh, seventh place on this, so and I've never placed top ten in chicken before, so for an up-and-comer like me, I was pretty happy.
0: Absolutely. I like the looks of your box. The color of it looked great. The contrast with the white background looked fine. I I don't know as far as box presentation anything I would change.
1: Yeah, I liked it.
0: Cool. All right. Well, that's that. That kind of covers chicken in in a simple roundabout. The the preparation mm-hmm. the the presentation. It sounds like your cook was spot on. It's not going to be way off if you got seventh.
1: No, no, just probably a few tweaks here and there, and maybe next time I'll get fourth or fifth. We'll see. That's right.
0: All right, let's roll to the next one. Ribs. That's
1: my best, yeah, ribs. That's been my best category lately. At the last competition, I took third in ribs, and I put 10 pieces in the box just to make it look full. Cause like I said, we don't have garnish, so I think you need to fill it with meat. I thought the box was one of my best-looking boxes ever, and if you remember from the pictures, it looked, you got a little glossy shine to it. It looked pretty even. Color looked good. I believe. Do you agree?
0: I agree, a hundred percent. That box was gorgeous. the The rib bones were the same length. The color was the same. They looked wet, but they didn't look sloppy, saucy. You know what I'm saying with that? They right, looked right, like yeah. I wanted to reach down, grab one, and take a bite of it. It definitely was inviting. It looked like you pulled from a couple different slabs of ribs. Is that what you did?
1: Right. Two slabs. Uh, in the box, I have five on the bottom and then five more that I set on top. And the five, each five come from a different rack, all right next to each other. So when I put them in the box, the cut lines look really nice.
0: Is Was there any particular slab you wanted on top versus what was on bottom?
1: You know, when we look at them, the one that looks the best, of course, is what you want on the top, the one with the best bones sticking out, and just overall looks the best and lays the best and looks trimmed the best, and then second best goes on the bottom. What about tenderness? Do you do, you do that judgment? I take one of the end pieces and, and try it. I, to me, they were both about the same in tenderness. Would I put a tender one on top if it looked a little worse than the bottom? You know, that's a good question because the first one judges are going to have on top, and then at least one on the bottom for someone to grab. I uh, that's a good. Question. Would you if you knew one wrap would was go more with, tender than the other?
0: I would always go to tender and flavor. Yes, visual is a part, and it's the, probably the lowest segment of your score but definitely flavor is the largest so if you've got one that is more flavored it needs to be on top period but if they were both about equal tenderness flavor and appearance but i think it's just a matter of how they fit in the box which one looks best
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: i know it's these two categories seem like they schemed right good for you but Dude, you scored very well with them. What about actually on the preparation before you cook? Any questions on that? There was The reason I say it like that, there was something we talked about in the first segment on ribs. You said you were absolutely going to do, and I do not remember what that was. I should have took that note.
1: Yeah, when I first got my drums, I would smoke my ribs by hanging them. And to me, that's still the best way to cook them for family and friends. That's how I'm cooking ribs. i hang them in the drums. But when you hang them, they seem to stretch a little, and my perfectly straight bones get a little crooked. So I went back to laying them on the racks on this competition, and I think that worked pretty well for me because then you can get them positioned just like you. Like them, and then after they cook a while, they don't move around. So I start them meat-side up, and then when I wrap them, it's meat-side down. And... I think that worked pretty well for me to go back to laying them on the racks for competitions instead of hanging them. I'm happy with that. I
0: think that's what it was. I'd said something. I'd ask if you hang or um, lay them on a rack, and I think that was exactly what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that is pretty easy. I really do. The ribs looked wonderful, um, as good if not better than the chicken. Let's go to pork. What would you pork. think of your yeah. pork?
1: My pork was a disaster. And Define disaster and why. Well, it got 19th place. Mostly because of stupidity on my part. I got wrapped up. It's interesting. In the, in the pork, I brought two butts. And they gave us two butts. And my two butts, I was a lot more proud of than what they gave me. But my two were not cooking. To, they were They were late. I was not getting them done and I was staying with them, staying with them, staying with them. I finally had to pull them off. I grabbed some of the bacon off of it and then filled in with the butt from what they gave me and it turned into a disaster. I mean, one, I didn't re- we didn't really have enough time to get the boxes properly prepared. So we kind of threw it together. We got it in. We didn't get late. We weren't disqualified, but in the end, because I stuck with the two ribs I brought, because in my heart, that's what I really wanted to turn in. I should have bailed on that 30 minutes ago and went with what they gave us. It would have probably been not perfect, but a lot better than 19th place. But that's just another dumb rookie mistake I made. And it seems to make at least one doozy at every competition, and I'll get past them. How many pork butts do you normally cook at a
0: contest?
1: Normally just two. All right. I usually just like to do two if they don't see, of course, it was a more fundraising thing at the end and they give you more to cook so you can give it away for fundraising, but.
0: Okay. I completely get that. I understand that. And I am 100% all in on that, but you're there for a contest also. Don't get me wrong. Organizers need to make money or we won't have contests to go cook at. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you had one extra cooker, I would have cooked two extra butts over there. What you did at the time of your competition was you added, oh, I'd say seven to 14 pounds of meat inside that cooking chamber. It absorbed that much more of your heat, your smoke. It changes your cooking time and temp. It changes the airflow inside it. It changes the outlet airflow that's coming out. It changes Mm -hmm. everything. The amount of wood slash charcoal you have to use. So you're opening it up that much more for that. There's just so much changes when you added those two more pork butts in there. I think that would have been the first thing I would have changed looking at it because of the picture you sent me. I showed all four down on the grate. So if you would have had any other cooker for them raising money, heck, throw it in your pellet grill prior to your chicken. It doesn't matter. It's just people's choice, basically.
1: Right. Concentrate on what
0: you went for, get those cooked properly. And then I think that would have helped out a lot.
1: Absolutely. And I tend to learn stuff the hard way like this. So, (laughs) so yeah, So, so yeah, absolutely. I should have just stuck with two butts for the smoker. I know how the smoker worked with two butts. I know how they cook. You throw four in everything you said happened. Plus, it was kind of a rainy, cooler day, and that seems to slow your smokers down a little bit, too.
0: I kind of like cooking in that temperature and that style. That moisture in the air just always seems to help me. But let's get back to your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You said it was a disaster. You told us why. Okay. What about preparation on the pork? Did you do anything different than what you planned on or how did that go?
1: I just took the pork and I trimmed, I left the fat cap on, trimmed off some obvious stuff. And then I just stick the whole thing in there. I don't separate You know, some guys, they, they don't really separate it, but they trim it so much that it almost wants to dry out. And I think, you know, they still keep everything attached to keep it legal, but they trim everything else away. And but I like to, I just put the whole thing on there and just cooked it that way. And I didn't have any, most of the time, I don't have any issues doing it that way. But
0: yeah, and definitely. When you did put those two extra pork butts on there, it forced your money muscles to be in a different airflow than it normally is. They were out around the outside, and with that whole grate almost being covered, all that hot air had to come around it somehow. So Mm -hmm. that definitely caught hot airflow nonstop. If you're ever in that situation again, I would put the money muscle to the inside and get it really close or lay a piece of foil directly under the center, maybe a eight inch circle and put all your money muscles over that foil. Then the air Mm -hmm. won't hit it as much and then let the air come around the outside.
1: Yeah, that's good advice.
0: All right. Let's look at the pork box. What'd you think of that pork box?
1: It was just thrown together. I'm glad you said that
0: and didn't make me be the first one. <laughs>
1: yeah, I threw. I mean, we were down to seconds. We threw in oh, some okay. of that bacon in the front and some of the rather pulled in the back. You can tell by the colors and stuff. It came from definitely a couple different pork butts. So, yeah, and we we got it in, and you know, and that competition, I st- I still snuck in as the top ten overall, but but pork butt about took me out of that.
0: All right. The box you, the picture you sent me of the box was very ragtag. Looking at your chicken box, looking at your rib box, I would have truly have said someone else built that box. Your pork box, you could tell there was no thinking, no preform idea of how you want to lay it in and take all this with a grain of salt, please. I am. I do. Okie doke that's Oklahoma for cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't see a lot of bark. I seen a lot of in inner muscle pieces. It was kind of pale looking. There was some don't get me wrong, but I also seen what I thought looked like three different sections of the pork butt trying to be, um, presented. Is that correct?
1: Well, it was actually two, but, but, yeah, you're, you're correct. Yeah. There's definitely different sections.
0: Okay. The reason I asked and said it that way was the more you give them, the more sections they're going to want to taste, and that will open up the door for them being able to mark you down. To where you've always heard the saying on a brisket, if your burn ends ain't right, don't put them in the box. Make them judge the only thing that's good. Same thing right. with that pork. If all you have is wonderful money muscles and you can make that box presentable and full, do it. If you don't and the bacon, what we call bacon meat, I know you apparently you're aware of that. Put that like maybe down the center, just put some kind of uniformity, maybe do your muscles down the side, then fill the center with that. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, get you a knife. And finally, finally chop up some pork. Don't get me wrong, make it taste good because if it's in the box, they can, they can taste it. Mm-hmm. Add some sauce, add some rub. Get the internal part of that pork some flavor because it's very bland. Get some chop down in the bottom and raise up just your slices. Maybe they'll taste just your slices. Maybe you'll get lucky and that's what'll happen.
1: So if you're in like a real pinch... Like we were, like I put myself in. Like the back part of that was the shredded. I think I'd have been better off just filling the whole box with shred at that point because that's really what I ended up with. Would that have been a smart move if you're in a pinch and all you have is shredded just to fill the box with shredded and turn it in?
0: I absolutely would have. If it's at that point, you got to do something. you got to make sure that... That's what it is. Sorry, folks, but I'm going to make a comment here that you may not understand. But I am sending Mark some text pictures of some of my boxes. And I want him to look at them and see uniformity. I want him to be able to see what exactly it is I'm talking about. I've got two or three pork butt boxes here that I'm sending over to him right now. I want him to see what I'm talking about. All right, Mark, I've sent them. It might take a little bit for you to get them.
1: I got the uniformity.
0: Everybody eats with their eyes. If you went to a restaurant and you ordered a Salisbury steak with gravy, mashed potatoes, and corn, and they had it stacked straight up on top of each other, that's what you did for the judges. You presented it in that way. I know you were short of time. You have to. Okay, let me back up just a second. Last podcast, opening five minutes, 10 minutes. I asked, what do you want to get out of this? You said, I want to step it up to the next level. Stepping up to the next level will be planning. Man, your ribs and chicken, you got them planned out, dude. That's money. The pork butt, mm-hmm. plan it. You did a good job on the first half. You did a good half on the probably the prep, preparation. You're cooking, which we've already went over, and they threw this at you. Okay, we're all for trying to make sure they make money. Absolutely, we get that. Give yourself that extra 10 minutes, that extra 15 minutes. Pork is the hardest thing for me to prep for my box. As soon as I turn in ribs, I clean up, and I get started on pork. I would rather get everything done, hold it in a hot au jus, cover it with foil, and set for five minutes before I put it right into the box and it goes turn in. I'd rather give myself the five minutes on the turn in side as wait five minutes just before I get started. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: It does, yes. Yeah.
0: Because pork is so hard for me. That that takes me the longest time. Did we get lucky yeah, and those boxes. pictures
1: show up? Yeah, I got two of them. Your boxes that's, look good. And-
0: that's what I that's that's bacon in the middle on the top one. That's money muscles on mm-hmm. the sides.
1: Right. So you have like eight, ten pieces of money muscle. Yep. Like five on each side and then bacon in the middle. with your green stuff, of course. Yep. And then the bottom one is looks like money muscle on top and the what's bottom. on the bottom.
0: The bottom is the money the muscle. I did not shingle it out and open it up. That is just the whole thing sliced straight up and down and sat straight down in the box. What you're oh, seeing wow. on the I've top. And what and I always liked that. It holds moisture. It keeps it warm. It does it does a good job. And what you're seeing on the top is the giant horn muscle. It slices like a pork chop. And that's a muscle I pull out of the center of it. And I did that on mm-hmm. I think the very first Pitmaster show. I actually used that for about three years in turn ins. We did the show and I never did it again after that. Hmm. But that's what that is. It, but oh. the reason I sent them, you see how everything's laid? I try to make my slices exactly the same shingle from side to side, front to back. They, they, they're in the same position going across the pitcher as top to bottom. So that's all I'm getting at. And if you can't get that flat surface to lay on top of, shred. Make it flavorful. Put some finishing rub. Mm-hmm. Get some sauce in it put it down in the bottom of that box, raise that bottom up, lay your muscles on top of it.
1: Yeah, good idea. So you said you don't do the the, bot- the second picture anymore? Nope. You still just do the top picture? Is that the one you do the most now? Pretty well,
0: yeah. And I, I'll make a changes on the fly. As I'm prepping, let say it's um, 10 minutes after ribs, 20 minutes before the pork goes in, I'm going through, and if I get some meat that I'm not fond of, and I'm like, I don't have enough good bacon meat, Okay. I scrap it. I now go to another box completely. And, but I've got two game plans in my head. One, this one, one is my backup, but I'm not now in the process of, uh, scratching my head, kicking gravel going, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I know what I'm going to do. If plan a don't work, I got a plan B.
1: Yeah. That's what I need. I need like a plan C too. If I need to have plans that I can that I can go to when my plan A crashes and burns. But, yeah. If
0: your money muscle comes apart, and let's say it's overcooked, and it's not slicing, well, let's say it slices, but the slices itself come apart, why not take those beautiful little chunks and just put in chunks all around it and use your bacon in it? I mean, there's so many now things you another. can do with pork. It's just that you have to have a plan for how your meat turns out. And the only way you can make a logical plan is just like I said, start early, hold it hot, and give you that five or 10 minutes on the backside. Don't push your start point to get you in a pickle.
1: Yeah, in a perfect world, that butts would have been resting for at least an hour before I would have yep. started cutting into them too. But you like I say, I literally took them off the, off the smoker and started slicing them. And I think everybody's done that at least one time trying to get something done. And the very last second pulled it off and sliced the box.
0: Yep. Absolutely. We've all done that. I'll tell you about a contest I did in California. It was regulated. It was not a sanctioned contest, but it was absolutely required that you turn in burn-ins. I Mm. flew out there, borrowed drums, cooked my whole contest on the drums, I cook one brisket's all I ever cook. I had my burn-ins, sorry. I had my point on one side and my flat on the other side. I probe-tested them. Hey, the uh, flat was done perfectly, so I pulled it out, put it in my ice chest. Well, not my ice chest, but my Cambro kept cooking my point to get it really tender. It was lagging. There's no doubt about it. We finished the pork section. I pulled out the burn-ins. Oh, they're perfect. So I opened them up. I checked the temperature. I opened them up. That was my flat. I pulled the wrong thing out an hour early. <laughs> so oh, what do you do? You you got <laughs> to right? have a plan. Yeah, just, you got to have a plan. You got to do what I call pit mastering. You got to take mm-hmm. what's in front of you. And make it happen. All right. I had 20 minutes. So I took those burn-ins. That was now... Setting in the cambro and not done, pulled them out, cut them into chunks, okay, put some au jus in them, wrapped them up in foil, and I shoved them right down in the coals of that barrel. I mean, I had to get hmm. them hot and had to get them hot fast. Mm-hmm. I took those that brisket flat that was overdone, threw it into a ziplock, shoved it down in my ice chest and started chilling it so I could slice it. It had to get cold and it had to get cold fast. Mm-hmm. Had a plan. We ended up like eighth wow. or ninth. That, yeah. You pulled it out, you pulled it out. That's that's what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. We pulled them, we literally, we, we pulled the burn ends out. That was the last thing I pulled. I did my slicing, put them in the back of the box. They were holding up, they were full slices because they'd cooled that much in 20 minutes. Pulled out the burn ends, retumbled them in sauce, them in the box seems like i was ninth at thinking about it but have a plan for whatever happens make it happen okay
1: absolutely
0: what's your plan if you're doing this and your thumb goes through the top of a box you gotta have a plan oh you gotta go get another box right well if i'm in the middle of my first couple categories i just grab the next box and keep going right, even if it's right. got you know, they don't, in it, they it don't label
1: them yeah yeah, they don't label them specifically for a certain meat. right. You're right. So just grab
0: the next box, keep going, take the busted one with you to that turn in, and say, hey, I need another one from my last category. They'll give it to you, and then just you go back, and mm-hmm. you, hey, nothing's wrong. Let's look okay. at the big picture. Let's look at the whole thing. With your whole contest, how do you, did you like it? Did you, obviously the pork you wanted to change, But what about the equipment? What about what you packed, your travel? Anything about that that you'd like to talk about?
1: Well, like I said last time, I brought four grills, which is two drums, my little pellet grill, and the 22-inch Weber, which I use for cooking my chicken wings. I, I mean, it would be nice if maybe had one more cooker for the other two butts, or I could have maybe made the, like you said, the pellet grill work when it wasn't doing chicken, and it doesn't take that long to do chicken. I pack everything. Like I said last time, I pack everything. So I really, wasn't anything I didn't pack, except, this is kind of funny, except we didn't have enough wooden spoons for making the sauces and stuff. We ended up going <laughs> to the dollar store to buy wooden spoons, but... I guess if that's the worst thing I forgot, I'm doing pretty good.
0: I I agree with you, bud. That's a, but it's one of those you want to put on your notes for next time, though, isn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I have a huge whiteboard inside my trailer. At the end, that's totally filled with notes of things to do better next time or tweaks to do to the trailer and and things like that. And I write down all the start times when we flipped something, when we took it off. And I take a picture of that whiteboard and... I don't think I sent you a picture this time, but, but I sent you my timeline. So that's cool.
0: I, that's exactly what it takes. I use my cell phone. I make notes on my cell phone as I'm going through it. And let's say it's 10 in the morning. Nope. That's the last of this I'll put, I've got a shopping list pre-made on my notes. I just go up to wherever it is. I need to go shopping. If it's Sam's wherever and put on the Sam side of it, paper towels, um, wet ones. You know what I'm saying? I Mm -hmm. I just make notes all the way through. Extra honey.
1: Yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing, I always put a finishing rub on my chicken, and I forgot to actually put that on it. So I always, that'll bug you. Like, would I have done a little bit better on chicken if I had actually not forgot my finishing rub? But no way to ever answer that question.
0: And no, there's not. Your chicken was really good. They thought it was really good. Would the sauce help or hurt? Man... That's the Pandora's box no one knows. Well, Mark, you got any parting thoughts or anything you'd like to talk about?
1: Well, when we were talking about those boxes, you know, I always worry, will a judge ever think you marked it and disqualify you? Like it's, you know, that little skinny edge when the when you put the top down, there's that little skinny edge. It's so easy to crack that edge. And, and I know I've turned boxes in where you put a crack along there, but luckily we've never been disqualified for that, but... Have you ever heard of boxes being disqualified for marking them for something really ridiculous like the edge of the box cracked or something?
0: Nope. I've never heard of that. I cook almost all KCBS, and that is not a disqualifying um, reason. Boxes snap. Things happen. If the reps, sorry, the reps will tell you if you're fine with it, they're fine with it. There's mm-hmm. they can't control a little crack in a piece of plastic.
1: Well, that's, that's good to know. I just always, that's one of the things I stress. How is a judge going to think my box is marked and disqualify me because got a smudge of sauce. I forgot to wipe up. And that's a sign that for some judge that I don't know the stuff we well, think about.
0: Your cooking looks good. Your process looks fine. Not, how can I say this? Don't worry about all the little bitty things. If the big things are good, if the big things aren't good, then you need to think about all of them, but your cooking is good. So I wouldn't worry or lose sleep over the little bitty things. Just concentrate on getting the food cooked correctly, then flavor, then presentation, Your pork, that was the one thing. It wasn't cooked properly. So concentrate on getting it cooked properly. Have a plan on mm-hmm. the cooker. First thing is, is always to look back and look at your cook right there. And you know what the deal was? Uh, you change the cooker. Okay. Um, that won't happen again, but the rest of it, the prep before it was good, the prep after it was good or was as good as it could be ribs, mm-hmm. man, nothing to change on them. Chicken, same thing. So don't worry of the little things. Is it in the back of the mind as a cook? Absolutely it is, but there's no sense in losing sleep or worried about it because there's nothing or there shouldn't be. Anything should distract from the properly cooked meat.
1: All right. I seem to wor- worry about presentation a lot too. Like, like I have this little squirt bottle of really fine water else that's that's warm. So it's not cold. A little squirt of that to. Is- add extra appearance of moisture and turn it in. Do you do something like that? Yes, we do
0: something very similar to that. It's about presentation and that's Mm -hmm. on my plans. Well, Mark, we really appreciate you coming and getting to chat with us on these two podcasts, but we are, I mean, you're a fan of the show and we are at Mm -hmm. a point in this podcast to where out here in my warehouse, I've got some needles you know what's oh, fixing no. to happen. We are going. Yep. Yes, this is Cook's Corner, and I'm going to inject you with the truth serum. We're going to ask you a couple of questions, and you need to answer. Cor- um, about said correctly. <laughs> you need to answer truthfully. So I'm going to corner you with our truth serum. Okay. All right. Oh my goodness. Let's just say this is scenarios only. Let's just say you are cooking out in your house. And it started a fire. You have time to run in your garage and grab only one cooker. Which one of your cookers would you grab and save?
1: Oh, god, god. grab one of my Sacred drums and wheel that out and save that. Perfect. Oh, those are my pride and joys. All right.
0: If you could save one bottle of rub... What would it be? You don't have to give a brand. Just say like my brisket rub or something like that.
1: Well, I make some of my rubs. So, I mean, if I had them made up, I'd probably grab my rib rub or one of my finishing products. One of those two.
0: I hate to harp on this, but man, have a plan. (laughs) (laughs) If my house catches on fire, I'm grabbing my brisket rubs. (laughs) Honey, you're on your own. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten
1: weirdest thing now there is a really interesting thing because i actually don't think it's weird but everybody else does it's rocky mountain oysters i wonder how many okay. people out there even know what rocky mountain oysters are
0: well i absolutely do and for those do. that don't go google it this is a family yeah. show right right <laughs> google it but <laughs> go google it all right. Well, that's a good answer. One last one. You got just a little bit of serum still running through your veins. Okay. What is your best barbecue purchase you've ever made?
1: Other than my Sacred drums, I would say my Cambrel, which is I just purchased this past year. My Cambrough, my trailer, and my injector. Okay Now what has been your worst? My worst is all these molds I bought for trying to make perfect chicken thighs I don't (laughs) use anymore
0: (laughs) I love it I think there's a lot of cooks out there Has a stack of them thrown in the back collecting dust
1: They look good at first But it's easier to put all your chicken in a pan And let them hold each other in shape and cook them that way I'm with you on that one, bud
0: well, Mark, I greatly appreciate this. And everybody listening, I want to make this a regular style podcast. So if you're in a pickle or a boat or you're scratching your head, kicking gravel, give me a uh, email, butcherbarbecue at gmail.com. Let's talk. Let's figure out if this would be great for a podcast and let's do one of these with you. Mark, I appreciate your time. Thanks for stopping in once again.
1: Thank you. Thank you for all your wisdom.
0: Mark, thanks a lot, bud. Everybody, listen to the guy here on the end. We need you to take care of that.
1: Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.